You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hey everybody, this is Claire Stanley, the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist here at the American Council of the Blind and... Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. Thank you to everyone for joining us for another ACB Advocacy Update podcast whether you're listening over ACB radio or via your favorite podcast player. So we are really excited to talk to you today about a bill that's been dropped in Congress. Um, It was dropped yesterday, July 30th, 2019. And we're going to tell you a little bit about it. It's really exciting. It's something that we've been working on here at ACB for many years. And it's one of the imperatives that we're working on this year since the leadership conference. So, Clark, what happened yesterday? That's right, Claire. The uh, Representative Carolyn Maloney from the great state of New York, as well as Representative Gus Bilirakis from the equally great state of Florida, they reintroduced the Medicare Demonstration of Coverage for Low Vision Devices Act. He gets a gold star for saying that all in one breath. That's impressive. And I promise this is our first take. No (laughs) do-overs. No do-overs. That's Mm -hmm. right. Yep. Yep. So this is something, again, that ACB has been working on. Um, I believe somebody said, Eric was saying, it was something we worked on in the 113th Congress, Mm -hmm. then 115, and now 116. Um, So it's something that ACB is really passionate about um, because it's important for persons with low vision, um, a really important build. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the meat of the Sure, Claire. Uh, Basically what this bill would do is that it would require the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, to conduct a pilot study, a five-year pilot program. And through this program, uh, patients would receive a prescription from their optometrist or ophthalmologist for low vision devices. And this does not cover ordinary glasses or contacts, um, but we're talking about the uh, like video magnifying capable low vision devices. All the really cool toys we hear about now these days to really help people with low vision be able to read, um, do things like that. So a lot of new technology is out there, which is great, but unfortunately a lot of this technology is really expensive. Um, And so this new bill, this um, five-year pilot will be able to assess if Medicare and Medicaid pay for these products, how will they positively impact the lives of people with low vision? Yeah, and one of the reasons this bill focuses on uh, low vision devices that Claire was just talking about is these are devices that can age with someone. Mm -hmm. So especially if you have a um, deteriorating vision condition or your vision's just slowly getting worse over time, these are devices that can augment what you're seeing uh, so that a single device stays relevant and useful to you in years to come. I was really trying to think of a joke about blind pilots flying planes, but I failed, so we'll move on. (laughs) (laughs) But no, and my really bad jokes aside, um, this is really important because we've talked about it on past podcasts and something we constantly discuss here at the ACB National Office is that statistically, more people who are have low vision or blind are persons who are part of the older older demographic um, for some obvious healthcare um, 
causes. And these people, in order to remain independent and stay in their home, they need access to these kinds of tools. Um, but the way Medicare and Medicaid are set up right now before this bill, those kinds of different devices are not covered. And like we said, they're really expensive. And so if people have access to these devices, um, the theory is, and I think it's pretty obvious, but we'll see, um, that they're going to remain more independent. They can stay in their homes. They're not going to end up in nursing homes, and they're going to be able to do the things they need to remain independent. And to that point, Claire, one of the great things about this bill is that it requires CMS to set up this pilot program to make these low vision devices available to patients and consumers uh, pretty much the same way they do durable medical equipment. Mm -hmm. So it's there's an existing process in place. And also, as Claire noted, this has been a bill that's been introduced since 2013. Uh, so this is the fourth Congress uh, where it's being introduced. It's been a legislative imperative for the ACB and our members for quite some time. This was a bill that at the legislative seminar in February, members took up to Capitol Hill. And thanks everyone who completed their feedback surveys, we know that this issue resonates with a lot of members. Mm -hmm. And that's a reason why there are five original co-sponsors. So we mentioned Representative Maloney from New York, who is the lead sponsor and the lead um, bipartisan co-sponsor is Bill Arrakis from Florida. How great is that, that it has that bipartisan Exactly. Yeah. And also uh, Steve Cohen from Tennessee, representative, was a lead sponsor last Congress, and he's a lead sponsor again, as well as Representative Adam Schiff from California, California. and mm -hmm. a new lead co-sponsor, um, another Republican from the state of Missouri, Representative Ann Wagner. So it's still a bipartisan bill. It's crossing the, the country, um, and it's been getting a lot of great feedback so far. Yeah, it just shows what a uh, wide reach it has because this impacts people across party lines across the United States. It's something that really affects all Americans and I think is showing why it's so important. So Claire, we talked about this bill at the ACB convention as well. We so did. We attended one of our affiliate luncheons mm -hmm. and we got some questions surrounding this bill. Uh, one of the primary questions was how will physicians know what they should be prescribing. You know, physicians have never prescribed low vision devices before. How, how are they going to do that? It's true. Um, generally, optometrists, but also ophthalmologists, don't have the knowledge about these different tools or lenses or devices. Um, and a lot of it just has to do with the fact that there's little education. You know, a lot of times you have the doctor, quote unquote, who diagnoses the person, but, you know, kind of just walks away at that point and doesn't have the knowledge to prescribe these um, devices. It's very few specialized low vision doctors who know these um, products. But we're really hoping, and I think, again, we can be optimistic that with this new pilot program that's going to be able to take up this information, that the education is going to get out there, that more doctors, optometrists, etc., are going to be better educated about what's out there because suddenly it'll be covered by an insurance. And so they'll be working with these different doctor's offices. Um, so we're really optimistic that this is going to help educate more practitioners and get the word out there about what's available. Yeah, and this bill does require, as CMS is setting up the pilot program, to conduct outreach 
to consumer organizations and other entities that will be impacted. Mm -hmm. So rest assured that ACB will be involved in this process. And I'm sure that there are companies and manufacturers of low vision devices who want to make sure that their names and their products are known to physicians so that uh, something similar to what they provide can be prescribed to patients as well as consumers. It's true. Just think about the economic benefit from the companies producing them. If they say, ooh, Medicare and Medicaid are covering these, let's tell the doctors because we can get more customers. That unto itself, you know, is a, a good incentive. Exactly. And we all see those commercials on TV. Ask your doctor about insert name of medication here. Exactly, yeah. Or even now that uh, diabetes equipment is covered durable medical equipment. Mm-hmm. How many... Um, how many commercials do you see on TV now for diabetes testing supplies and different products for measuring and caring for diabetes? So I envision a future where there are going to be commercials on TV. You know, ask your doctor about you know, insert low vision device here. It's true. And again, not to keep badgering on it, but we always hear the statistics these days about the baby boomer generation getting older and they're a large significant portion of the American population. These devices are going to help them. So of course, why would you not play to the demographic to get more customers? So yeah, I can definitely see commercials out there playing to that demographic. And as we said, this is a a five-year pilot program. Uh, in addition to the initial outreach setting up the pilot, it, the CMS is required to do an interim study at the three-year mark and then a final study at the end of the pilot. And also, again, seek feedback from the community, but then also share those reports and send those reports to Congress. So for the first time in possibly ever, we will have hard data from Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services on what types of low vision devices are being used, what types are being prescribed and requested, and what they think about the overall need is in the marketplace. And I think that's huge because, at least for me, and maybe I say this because I've grown up in the blind community and I have a lot of peers in the blind community. But to me, it just seems like such an obvious statement, right? That if you provide these devices, they're going to have a positive impact on the community. But, you know, we want numbers, we want statistics behind it. Um, So even though to me, it seems like such a slam dunk, after these five years, we'll have more hard, raw data to be able to say, look, 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 we have the numbers. So it'll be a powerful tool. All right, Claire. So we just went through all the great things about this bill that's mm-hmm. been introduced, yep. what it does, yep. why it's important, yep. how people can benefit. Yep. 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 That's all you got? Yep. What, what's next? So the next thing that people should do is 
get involved. You know, that's the great thing about our country. As Americans, we should get involved. So there's a few different things people can do. But the first thing we would love everybody to is to do is get in uh, contact with your Congress members. Tell, uh, tell them that we want this bill passed, that we believe, you know, it shouldn't continue to do what it's done in the past where it just kind of fizzles out. But we really want to see it go forward this time. So uh, contact your Congress members uh, in the House because that's where this bill is coming. But not just the House, you know, we want to see it in the Senate. So obviously in the more immediate situation, we want you to contact your House member because that's where the bill is sitting. Um, but don't hesitate to contact your senators as well and say, hey, you know, we have this new bill, number 4129. We have a bill number. Huzzah! Huzzah! Um, so tell them to um, support 4129, but you can also contact your senators as well and say, hey, we've got this cool bill. You should do it on your side as well. Yeah, and the best way to get in touch with your representatives, your members of Congress in the House, um, is to contact either by phone the what is it the capital switchboard? switchboard and this exactly. isn't just the house this is both you can yeah. call and get both house and the senate yep so by contacting the capital switchboard you can get contact information for your representatives in the house as well as your two state senators and that phone number is 202-224-3121 nailed it and we'll be sure to put this in the email as well as the podcast liner notes but again that's 202 202- Two two four three one two one. Also, for members of the House, you can go to www.house.gov/representatives, and then you can either search or sort alphabetically or by state to find your representatives. And then they have uh, different contact information that's available on their websites both for their Washington, D.C. office, as well as their in-state and in-district offices. And this is a really important time of year because a lot of members are home for Mm -hmm. August recess. And they'll be touring around the state. They'll be going to different state and county fairs and public speaking occasions, um, just reminding voters of who they are and that although they've been in D.C. all this time, that they're still you know, there to work for you. And it's up to you all to remind them that, hey, one of the great ways that you can work for us is by co-sponsoring HR 4129. And we've talked about a lot about what the bill is all about, what it does, what it covers. Um, So you guys should be well educated now on it. But if you guys want to have hard copy handouts to provide to them as attachments to your emails or anything like that, you want to send it in a hard copy because you can still do that. Or if you take it in in person or do you just want a script to talk off of when you call them at their phone number, we have our imperative language that we drafted last year and it's still on our website under our legislative seminar topic. So go to our website at acb.org and they're still right there online. Again, you can print it out. you can read from it you can email it out to them Um, those are resources we've created for you guys to have access to so please take advantage of that if you have any difficulty accessing them just shoot us an email at advocacy at acb.org and we can make sure you get those because we want people to use the resources that we have available and I'm a big fan of just having three bullet points so our three bullet points on this low vision bill is first The bill number is H.R. 4129. Second, 
This is a bill that would provide Medicare coverage of low vision devices. Mm -hmm. And third, this bill and the pilot program it creates has the potential to positively benefit the lives and the blindness community of ACB members, as well as anyone else who's living with vision loss. Yeah. So pretty simple, pretty straightforward. But like Claire said, if you want to have any, any documentation in hand, uh, the legislative imperative that many of you t- already took up to Capitol mm-hmm. Hill once uh, is still available on our website. Please so. litter Congress with them. That's what we created them for. That's right. And it, this is a great reason to reach out and reconnect with those staffers and members of Congress who many of you already met with once this year and who a lot of you have also followed up with yep, what back a, in the state and in the district. What a great way to reinitiate. Yeah. Exactly. Great. Well, again, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, um, feel free to reach out to Clark or myself um, at advocacy at acb.org. Shoot us an email. We make sure we check that out regularly. You can always call us here at the national office, but stay in touch. Uh, We want to know what you guys are doing, and we want to have you guys involved in this. So uh, reach out, let us know. And um, as always, if you have questions that are not related to this, but have questions at all about the podcast, if you have personal um, issues that you're working on that you'd like some advocacy help with, again, reach out to us at advocacy at acb.org or give us a call. Um, and yeah, if you have any real hard questions, we'll just send them to Clark instead. No, just kidding. Um, but please reach out to us. We're here if you guys have any issues. And Clark, what do we always say? Well, I was going to say, Claire tells me all the time that I have personal issues. <laughs> um, but that aside, what we always say at the end of the podcast is keep, keep advocating. advocating. Thanks, everyone. On HR 4129. Thanks. When the night has come And the land is dark And that moon is the only light we see I won't be afraid No, I won't She's one here Just as long As your people come and stand by me